hello everybody and welcome. Welcome to the Words of Women and Wisdom radio show, streaming live from BBS in California and syndicating to over a hundred stations globally, bringing to you inspiring women who have an incredible story to share. And I'm joined today by my friend, Vianne King. Am I pronouncing your name right, Vianne? Yes. Yes, you are, Yvonne. Thank you. Excellent. So glad that you could join me. So for those tuning in who haven't been on this show before, haven't ever listened to an episode, what's it all about? Why do I do it? This is a show that is showcasing amazing women, women typically who have risen from some sort of tragedy to triumph and now out in the world doing incredible things, touching lives, making a big impact. So I was delighted when I met with Vianne recently and heard a little bit about her story. It is a powerful journey. So I encourage you to stay right until the very, very end. Not only will you be taking away some incredible nuggets about having more contagious courage, but you'll also be eligible for a gift. So you want to make sure that you stay to the very, very end. My background, the reason I do these shows is as a woman myself who grew up with a, it wasn't exactly a favorable household, grew up with a story. I lived through working with my dad who had PTSD. He literally drained the dignity right out of my mom. And the result of that was me seeing her become so quiet that I had to write a book about it. My book is Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, which hit bestseller in 2018. And then I've continued to take that that energy of helping women to flourish in business into the work that I do today, which is mostly with women entrepreneurs. And guess what? The mission inspired women entrepreneurs as a coach, mentor, founder and champion. So I love talking with women who are already out doing incredible things. And VN is one of those. Vienne is a dynamic lady. She's resilient. I've also found her to be incredibly witty. <laughs> her journey is one of deep emotional, physical and spiritual pain. And yet, as you watch this, this powerful story, you listen to this powerful story that she's going to share today unfold. I think you'll see how she weaves these what she calls unwelcomed struggles. I I, I very often call it the gift wrapped in sandpaper Um, together with God's love and grace, whether you call God, God or the universe, spirit, whatever you refer to. It's the story of hope and courage that's going to be showcased today. So a little bit of background. Um, 2017, she was crowned the first ever Miss Wheelchair Canada and (laughs) Miss Kindness World. Woohoo! You're out here doing amazing things, my dear. She's the author and publisher of two books, fittingly titled Going Father and Contagious Courage. Yay! <laughs> She's an international speaker. She's the founder of the nonprofit organization Going Farther. Her, her message is contagious, her courage is contagious. And this is a message that I've listened to a little bit of. I'm delighted to share more today. Really is igniting hearts with hope and inspiring others to have this this deeper courage, the courage to go further. So if you are ready, let's dive into meeting Miss Van. Hello, welcome. Where are you coming from? I'm so excited uh, to be here, Yvonne, and I am tuning in from Edmonton, Alberta. 
Edmonton and I'm in Calgary, Alberta. So we're just an hour and a half away. And yet sometimes when we look at the hockey world, it feels like miles and miles apart. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a little bit of rivalry between uh, Calgary and Edmonton if you're not a, a, a little bit fan. <laughs> little bit however this is a collaborative connected conversation two leaders two spirits who have a focus on supporting and helping the growth of others so we're going to dive in so Vianne tell me a little bit about let's sort of set the stage yeah. how did you get to be Miss Wheelchair Canada like what what happened in your past that was this this in impetus for the work you're doing and how did you end up in a wheelchair because you weren't born with no. that um that need right no no I was not born as a person with a disability yeah. Uh, I'm going to do a little, uh, have you ever skid rocks on a pond where you just graze over a little bit? I'm just going to take you back because yes. um, I might be dating myself, but have you ever watched Anne of Green Gables? I just love that show. I've always related to her because she was red hair and freckles and personality to match, right? Yes. You know, um, I relate to her because I was this little girl with a big dream. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I just knew that I wanted to do something great. I mean, I was raised in a small town, Newfoundland. I was born and raised in Newfoundland, you know, went off to college and was pursuing, in all matter of speaking, my dreams. Um, I went to theological studies, uh, more of a humanitarian thing. So I wanted to um, impact the world. And so when I went there, um, did my, my college uh, diploma and left. And, you know, I was like, I met this amazing man like he he was my Gilbert watch <laughs> he, he was just so like he came into my life at a time where I was actually in ladies you might know what this means when I say I'm in an I hate men phase <laughs> you know I was just like I was just not really looking for a relationship I was a wounded soul and he came in and he was literally my knight in shining armor like he um he came in and like showed me what it was to really truly love again you know and it was like this whirlwind romance like I couldn't understand how I was with somebody for so long and I still didn't have a ring right and here I am with this man who literally swept me off my feet and like we are we met and engaged in nine months and no it was not a shotgun wedding <laughs> but <laughs> But we met and we, we just fell in love. And when he asked me to marry him, it was just like this beautiful thing, right? And one week after he put that ring on my finger, I was actually getting ready to go out and show some of my friends. We were going to make this announcement that, you know, Vianne and Vaughn are engaged. The S and our names are so similar. Vaughn and Vianne, yes, <laughs> the two Vs. And that morning when I got up, I started experiencing some excruciating pain, like unbelievable pain, but I'm like any, like, I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm getting myself together and I'm going out long story short. I was in so much pain, but I don't know if it was my mom. Cause I was talking to my parents, telling them how much pain I was in. Um, and somebody called the ambulance. I'm not sure how that happened, but somebody called the ambulance and I was in the hospital and I remember being in so much pain. They had to give me morphine. It was just, just so much pain. And I remember sitting in the hospital in the hallway and not being able to move 
like my hand. And so when you're getting uncomfortable, you just like move your hand. And I didn't really think it odd at first until I started doing that with my leg. I'm like, wait a minute, I can't feel my leg. This is not good. And so I said, nurse, I can't feel my legs. And so they immediately wheeled me into an emergency room where every 15 minutes they were checking my vitals and my reflexes and it got less and less. And within half a day, within six hours, I was paralyzed from the chest down and they actually, they had life support ready and waiting because I was losing vitals. So the reflexes and stuff so much. So here I am in the hospital bed the day that I was supposed to tell the world about my engagement. And I literally didn't know if I was going to make it through the day. Within and six hours, you lost all of that. Wow. Everything. everything. Yeah. I remember sitting there thinking, I just, um, not sure what's going on. You know, I, I have to work on Monday. Like, is, am I, is, am I going to be okay? This is a weekend, right? This is the Friday or the Sunday. And I was like, am I going to be able to go to work tomorrow? I don't have time for this. I'm a busy woman. No, I don't have time for this. The world stops, right? Uh, No, your world stops and the world keeps going. And so um, as the days and weeks unfolded, no one knew what was wrong with me until finally they did diagnose me with transverse myelitis. Now that's a a virus that attacks the myelin sheath, the spinal cord, and when I got the diagnosis, they said, Vianne, you have transverse myelitis. We're going to send you to long-term care where you're going to need full-time care forever because they didn't think I'd even be independent, let alone walk or whatever, walk or be independent. So they, they had that as my future. And so many things, first of all, I was just like, no, that's, that's not my future. Like, and the specialist literally is like, well, these are the facts, Vianne, prove me wrong, if you will. Um, But I'm going to tell you, Yvonne, one of the biggest, one of the biggest questions that I had in the midst of all that was, do I still have a fiance? Because like, okay, they're saying I'm never going to walk again and I'm going to need full-time care. Like, how am I ever even going to be a good wife? Like, will he still even want me now? If I can't even take care of myself, how in the world am I going to be a good wife? Well, he, like I asked him, I was like, you know, we haven't told anybody really yet. Um, you know, you can take the ring back and yeah, and, and change your mind. And while he did do some soul searching and he talked to some people and try to figure this out, you know, and, you know, I remember he told me, so one person even said, you know, no one would fault you for walking away. But yet he knew, he said, this is what he said to me. He said, God gave you to me. I said, I wanted to be with you forever. And I still want you. And I'm telling you, that was, I was thinking the worst is behind us now. Like, you know, you're going to stay and we're going to like ride up into the sunset. And that was the beginning of a long journey that's gotten me to this point. Now you're going to hear a little bit more about the struggles that I had endured because you're going to find out that it's not enough for someone to stay and say they love you. Mm. And when was that being again? That was in uh, May of 1999. 1999. Okay. All yeah. right. So then what happened? Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I have two books to, to, to uncover and unpack, but I'm going to try to do it in a Cliff Notes version. Um, it was, so here I am, a person with a disability now. I'm newly engaged. He still wants me. But here I am in a rehabilitation hospital, realizing 
and coming to the realization that I can't, I can't even dress myself. I need two nurses to turn me over in bed. And I'm starting to realize that I ain't going to work on Monday, you know? No, probably not. And I'm going to get through this. We're going to, yes, we're going to, we're going to get through this. He's staying. Yes. Well, as the weeks and months of rehab and I hated seeing me in the wheelchair and, you know, physio rehab. I just, I didn't want any pity because I, I, I feel that like, I didn't want anybody seeing me in the wheelchair and I didn't like myself and I felt ugly and it just, I just day after day, you know, I go out and people are like, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. We, we know what, we know what, we know what fine stands for, don't we? Right? <laughs> I'm fine. And <laughs> even with the communication with my husband, trying to like, cause I was real with him. I would cry and like, you know, be, um, trying to work through this. I didn't get a handbook. I didn't understand it. And even if there was a handbook, let's be honest, I wasn't ready to hear any of what anybody else wanted to tell me because I am not a person with a disability. I will refuse to be in this chair. Yeah. And so as I didn't feel like I could tell anybody what I was struggling with, um, I grew distant from my husband because we continued to, um, be upset with each other because he couldn't understand like he was trying to fix me right <laughs> ladies we know that men like to fix things and yep. when there's things that are outside of our control like we just you know it like we don't know how to handle all this emotion right. and so we I just finally stopped uh stopped caring about trying to make him understand and so I I kind of started to in introvert in in internalize my feeling and and control what I could control and I just uh went down a really dark path of not feeling good about myself and like literally day after day I would come home crawl into bed cry myself to sleep and I would do that every day day after day I'm like this is not any way to live and finally like for me um I think initially the thing that pulled me out of some of these things were the fact that yes, my husband, he did stay and he did hang on to me, but initially it came down to, I had to view myself differently. So was there a particular event um, Ben, that was a, like a turning point for you in making the decision that no, this is absolutely not going to be my life and I'm going to recreate myself? Yeah, um, actually, probably a lot of defining moments throughout the journey, as you can imagine. Um, I saw myself now, as I'm looking back, as this seal caught in a net, like, you know, Mm. someone's trying to rescue it, and it's all bound up with this net. And it's like, doesn't even, it knows it wants to be free, but it doesn't know that the person coming to rescue it is there to rescue it. Right. And so the person who's trying to rescue it suffers bites and lashes and and yet it hangs on until the net is all free. And then it's like, oh, I'm free. So that's, that's how I envisioned my journey. Like I was literally fought for to be able to realize that, oh, I'm free. And now what does that look like? I have wounds and all these scratches all over me that I need to heal. So it was the, the, the first was when I came to the end of myself and I realized that this is no life worth living. I, um, 
I just had this flashback of all the things that I had aspired for my life that I'd never like that I'd given up on. And I just, I literally just like cried out to my God. I was like, man, like if you can do anything with the mess and my life right now that I've made, because uh, even through that journey, um, I thought our marriage was over. And there's another, there's a whole other segment we could do on trying to re- repair our marriage, ha- trying to have a baby, losing the baby and walking through infidelity. Like mm-hmm. that, that in itself is a whole other segment, but I'm just going to keep moving to say that there was so much pain, so much pain. I'm like, okay, all right. If you're real, if you can do anything with this broken mess that I have made of my life, then just, and that was just the beginning. And it's just those choices day after day to start loving me realizing that I am worth saving, that I am worthy of love. And that's when I learned to fall in love with myself. And when I learned to fall in love with myself, I was able to fall in love with Vaughn again. And that was a beautiful thing. And even, yes, learn to fall in love with God again. Because I was like, how dare you let this happen? Why? Why? I was a little girl that just wanted to do great things. for, And this is how I'm repaid, right? Like I went through all of that. And, and to be real and, and realize that like, it's okay to acknowledge real suffering. Like what a novel idea. Yeah. Like, people think that they're not allowed to emote the very real feelings that come with our very real pain. But yeah. That's so wrong. And it, and it keeps you bondage. It keeps you in your prison. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely hear in your story, you know, the very sort of classic, what happens when some, you know, when, when you have a, a major life event right it's shock anger denial finally we get to this point of acceptance before we can start moving back up again on the other side of the adventure but um you know it's not always a straight line to move through those things whether it's someone in your life who's incredibly important passing away um it could be a job loss where you've you know given your all and and now suddenly you've been told your services are no longer required Um, You know, a lot of the work that I've done in my past has been in senior human resources roles, like 20 years of human resources roles, working in startups, interviewing and hiring about 6,000 people. And then working right before I took my um, executive coach certification, working for a global talent management firm where they had a lot of large career transition projects. So Nortel, for example, was one of my clients when they were here in, in Canada. And so, you know, when they made their move, you know, 800 people lost their job. It was really, really stressful, traumatic, obviously a really, um, really uh, unsettled environment to be working in because they knew ahead of time that the the whole plant was shutting down. But watching how different people coped with that, whether they chose to think that something had been done to them Mm -hmm. or that they were still in the driver's seat, that there was in fact an opportunity and how quickly they moved through that shock, anger, denial, acceptance phase depended on other circumstances in life where they'd already proved that they could be resilient. They'd already uh, been made aware that they could weather any storm. And you probably had some of those things happen in your life too earlier on, which helped you to formulate how long you stayed in that place before Mm -hmm. you finally reached out and said you know universe god spirit like help me (laughs) help me 
Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I want to say, have you been reading my book? Because <laughs> I have the. I've been title. in your e-course. I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, but. Straight uh, on. Well, yeah. that's uh, beautiful. But yeah, I actually talk about that, and it's not a straight line. You kind of you have a way out almost on every turn, and every turn you're faced with some of the fears and things that are trying to hold you back from that freedom, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been uh, many times that I have those moments where it's like. Um, how do I keep moving forward? How do I keep moving forward? And yeah. even now you, you say that uh, some of the past things has helped to now um, be able to dig in and keep going forward. I think that COVID right now, there's, uh, this, is, this is a new level of intensity, but I'm gonna tell you the reason why I can thrive I'm not saying that I don't have days where I'm like, what am I going to do today? Or how am I going to get through this? And I have back issues now after uh, I've been going back working out uh, now after a year and finally making me a priority. And now I'm struggling with back issues. The reason why, the reason why I can smile today in my pain, the reason why I can be thriving in COVID, the reason why I can finish book number two in COVID is because I've learned that resiliency and that it's not um, like courage and all these things is not the absence of fear. It's not the absence of struggle. Peace is not the absence of struggle, but having it in spite of it. And yeah. that's why I can, that's why I can thrive today because yeah. of the things that I've learned. And, stepping, and, and anybody can experience that. And stepping forward to meet it, having the, having the, uh, well, <laughs> it's a contagious confidence, contagious courage to step yes. towards it and meet what's coming. Yes. Um, and I, I shared this with a client the other day. It's almost like a guillotine, right? If, if you're, you know, you're at the bottom and the guillotine is coming down, it's got so far to drop, it's sure going to chop your head off. But if you stand up and meet it, it only has a short way to drop. So it's chances are it's not going to, you know, completely decapitate. Wow. You, right? <laughs> so when you step forward to meet courage, it has a whole different outcome, whole different yeah. outcome. And yeah. so I want to encourage listeners. I know a lot of times a podcast interview only is a 30 minute interview. This is an hour show. So there are going to be some amazing nuggets that you're going to be taking away from our stories together so I encourage you to keep listening and don't forget that there will also be um, a free gift actually I'm going to give one too so there'll be two free gifts at the end of this show so let's keep talking then about you cried out you made your request of the universe what happened then <laughs> you guys watch the movie uh, Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. You just do one thing. Like, because yeah. you see, because people see my end story. They see your end story. They see anyone with courage. And they either think it's not attainable because there's like, they don't feel courageous or they think it's so far-fetched. But it really is about making all the little choices. Yep. Not it's not this one big choice that you make, and then I'm never ever going to choose courage again. I'm never going to fear again. I'm never going to face any of these demons or giants in my path. It truly is one step at a time, and choosing, like choosing, and you know, I think about diet, like because parallel uh, my journey uh, with my emotional and my spiritual health has really been paralleled in um, in the physical journey of like okay. 
Uh, I, I've said sometimes like, oh, I got my routine down uh, pat. I go to the gym. I sit at the edge of this giant gym and I walk. I watch everyone else work out and get fit. <laughs> I even cheer some people on. And like, you're wasting your gym membership. Yeah, you got to step into action. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't, you, like you can't say, oh my God, make me skinny now. And it's automatically going to happen. No, you have to do the work. And I think that that's where people want the end result of that fit body or whatever it is, or that emotionally strong, courageous persona, but they don't want to do the work. And I think that that is truly, if you take nothing away, get ready to work for what you want, stand up for it and, and fight for it. Yeah. Fight absolutely. for you. Fight for you. Yeah. I, th I had actually a circumstance of that just recently where <clears throat> um, my son was in the hospital for 10 days Oh, yeah. And everything, wow. basically everything in my work world just, you know, stopped. It got put on hold. Um, I gave my VA some stuff to kind of keep things, you know, bubbling along while I was um, with him. So I was with him during the day. His dad was with him during the night. Um, you know, we can't just leave him because of his condition. Um, and, you know, you, you put someone in hospital and, you know, once an hour a nurse comes in, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> So we were on, you know, 24 hour rotation. Um, and then I had someone say, oh, I didn't even realize you had a special needs son. What was, you know, oh, interesting. And I thought, you know, interesting is one word when you think about, you know, 26 years of all of the, all of the things that that has required of me as a mom. Interesting doesn't even come close doesn't even come close you know you watch your your son who's a year old um you know having um his skin go deathly pale and shallow breathing that you can hardly barely hear him breathe and then he starts having a seizure you know and you watch your, your one-year-old having to get a big needle in the jugular vein in the neck for 20 minutes to try and stop this i mean that's just that's the beginning <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the beginning of the journey. So yes, um, I think that it is our role as leaders, as pioneers, as um, we step out into more courageous conversations to share the journey as well, so that it can be relatable. I mean, obviously not. You know, I don't have a full appreciation of what you've gone through, and. And, and yeah, I've also interviewed some incredible people. Um, I had Brisa Alfaro on my show a little while ago who had a um, locked-in syndrome. She had a stroke and was stuck in her body and couldn't move, you know, couldn't even move anything other than her eyes and is now out running marathons. That was a super powerful story as well. Yeah. So let's keep going. What have you learned in this journey let's look in the second half of this show uh, what is maybe you know four or five things that you have learned that no one else would even be able to imagine unless they'd been in your shoes mm. what do you really most want people to understand about this journey of stepping into contagious courage Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think I've already covered a little bit of one of the things that I wanted to really drive home today is change your view of you. Change your view of you. And uh, there's this fun little thing like a, when you're if you're watching today, you want to jot something down on your 
on your on your paper if you're taking notes but just it's it's you don't have to answer you can even type it in the chat as you're listening you know one to ten how courageous do you feel and it's like well that's a kind of an odd question we're like no it's it's i want to ask you like how courageous do you feel on a scale of one to ten because you see people look at people who are courageous like i wrote a book on contagious courage and they think that they never fear they think that they don't struggle, they don't have any problems. And so therefore they conclude that they themselves are not courageous. So if we can change your view of what it means to be strong warrior, change your view of you, then we got something to work with, then you'll be able to do the next steps that I'm actually going to uh, touch on a little bit. Because okay. um, like success, we think success, right? Success is only possible through failing just like courage and strength is only possible through fear and, oh my goodness, I can't do this. And so you keep going. And so the next thing that um, I would love people to stop doing, and I've even been guilty of it even to this day, but I'm stripping myself of it. How many times do we say, I can't, I can't, I can't. I remember being in physio. I love telling stories because it really helps highlight the point much better. I was in physio, um, just at the beginning of COVID, I was seeing somebody different than I'm seeing now. And he said, I want you to stretch out your hands and your arms. And like, you just wanted to show my balance, right? So he just stretch out your hands and your arms and put all your fingers and point, uh, like give a thumbs up, point all your fingers out and stretch them out. And I, I, I did that. And well, you can see that this little gimpy hand can't. And so I immediately was just like, oh, I can't. He's like, he stopped me right in my tracks. And he said, listen, this I can't business, we will stop that right now. And I was like, but I, I can't give a thumbs up. He's like, no, you might not be able to do everything that I just told you, but you're doing what you can. And that is where we start. Yeah. Because you can do this. So when you say you can't, so he's like, you know what, this I can't business got stopped. Yeah. And so, you know, like when we tell ourselves, I can't, oh, I can't wear that. or I can't talk to that person. We're speaking these things over ourselves so much. And we laughed at the fact that I actually have it in my book <laughs> talking in the chapter about we have to ditch our I can't mentalities. And here I am. So I'm going to say it again for us. For all of our benefits, this I can't business has got to stop. <laughs> I actually have it in my book as well. Oh, wow. that's awesome. So, so um, my best-selling book, Words, Women, and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, it's 40 different words and word concepts to help women to ask for what they want and get it. So can't is actually in chapter two, which is about asking for what you want and getting it and how to, you know, how to flip that around. And I mean, basically it's can is the first piece. And, yeah. if, you, and if you drop that, T off the end I mean it makes a huge difference but once you're like once you're aware that you're actually using that terminology can't and you start noticing you know that's obviously as a coach that's the first mm -hmm. point of change is awareness yes but once you start catching yourself saying can't and how many times a day you say can't and start thinking about how can I flip that into what I can do it is super, super powerful. It is. Powerful. And I'm going to add an element of that to this I can't because in my life, 
Uh, and this will tell you a little bit more about my story because uh, people see the titles, Miss Wheelchair Canada, Miss Kindness World, founder, author, speaker, you know, all these things. Sometimes I get intimidated by these own titles because here's what you don't know about me. I always was a terrible speller, still am. Uh, I sometimes like with grammar and little things like that, thank us, uh, thank, thank the Lord for a good editor. Um, you know, I've, I've always felt not like the smartest person in the room just because of my insecurities, right? Terrible speller, don't always say the right thing. And sometimes, you know, smart people really intimidate me and all these things. And so here I am now as a person with a disability, with that added insecurity, like I was, I wrote, I was the poster child for, I can't, not only I can't, I was told you can't walk. You will never do this. You can't go here and you can't do this because physically I had all these restrictions. But I started to realize that the biggest disability was not my chair. It was me. And so here I am, like, write a book. I can't write a book. I'm not smart enough. Uh, start a nonprofit. I can't. I'm not smart enough. Enter Miss Wheelchair Canada. Like when I didn't even want to be seen in public in a chair. Now I'm on a stage flaunting it around. Like something had to change because I'm still in this wheelchair. I'm still not a really great speller. And while I have learned a lot, I am a little smarter, but still, I'm still that newfie girl, right? With all those insecurities. So what has changed? I stopped telling myself that I can't. Yes. You're right. The mind, the mind is such an incredibly, incredibly powerful thing. And believe is another word that's in my book too. You know, yeah. when we stop believing in ourselves and our capabilities, that's it. Game over, yeah. right? Because yeah. if you don't believe it, nobody else is going to believe it, right? So true. <laughs> so true. So, so true. So that's what um, at the end of uh, at the end of every word that I have uh, here, I put an action item. So on the word can't, it's about you know what situations and invitations can you choose to say no to without using I can't what other words can you use instead of I can't how can you convert that phrase to I can do that if you can provide me with x so stating the resources that you need in order for you to be able to say yes with a full commitment that you can complete that task for example because a lot of times it's a well I can't do that because blah 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 well Here's how you could do it if you had this and this and this yeah. that would make it easy for you to step into. So, absolutely, cool. That's actually a great segue into the next piece that I wanted to share yep. is finding another way. When we realize that we could, let me rephrase it this way: I was trapped behind all the things that I couldn't do. I ain't gonna drive until I can drive with my feet. You know what? That stopped me. I, I was, I was seeing other people like far less mobility than me, rock climbing, doing all these cool things, driving and everything. And I'm like, no, I'm not driving until I can drive with my feet was determined that this chair is not going to be my life and whatever. But finally I started uh, thinking, okay, I need to get, if I wanted independence, that was, I needed to find another way or else I was going to be limited, right? And so when I started driving with my hand controlled and the first time I drove to the mall, ladies, to drive myself to the mall, it was just the most amazing feeling. And it gave me so much more independence when I realized that there was another way, but I was focused on all the things that I couldn't do, told myself I can't do. So therefore, if I can't do it the way I did before, I don't want to do it any other way. And that mentality will keep you stuck. But when yes. you realize there is another way, find another way around that obstacle, yep. then you will keep moving forward 
And then into the next little tip that I wanted to, because uh, once you get this far, you realize, oh my goodness, if I can stop with this, I can't business. If I can find another way, I'm changing my view of me. I will start, you will start making extraordinary. That's just ordinary for me in my everyday because I now know what I'm capable of. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I'll tell you a story to, to highlight that. I'm like, what is your extraordinary? Like, what do you think? Maybe there's someone listening thinking that, oh my, I would, I would love to have the courage that you have, you know, or I would love to be able to write a book. Like, what is your extraordinary? And for me, when I was first paralyzed, in a hospital bed, not even be able to turn over. I needed three nurses to change me, or at least two. Um, to stand was extraordinary. Like, are you kidding me? I would do anything. It's been months now and I've not been able to stand. So when I stood for the first time, like I was like, wow, I'm standing. I'm like, what else can I do? Right? Yes. yes. And so one year, one year after the doctors told me that I would never walk again, never be independent. This is a little, uh, a little piece that I left out earlier on purpose is that one year after the doctor said that you'll never walk again, I walked the aisle to meet my groom on my wedding day. Oh, that is so beautiful. Mind you, it was with my mom and dad on either side and it wasn't that graceful, but I did it. I you did, did it. it. I did it another way. I made it possible and 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 it was extraordinary, right? And so walking uh, was this extraordinary thing. And so ordinary, that was standing was ordinary. Yeah. Right? When you do those things that you not only think you can't do, but you told that you can't do by the doctors, you get this diagnosis. So my guess is that it doesn't matter who's telling you you can't. I would bet that the biggest lie that you're being told is by yourself that you can't, but you well, can't. Absolutely. It, yeah. it has to come from you because <clears throat> when you believe you will step into it, you will yeah. find a way. And, you know, one of the most powerful, powerful words on this planet other than love mm. is how it's three very, very small letters, but it's so powerful. It's one of the most powerful questions I use in my coaching conversations, whether I'm working with a woman entrepreneur, a female leader, is, is how. How can you make this happen? What's the first small step that you could make towards yep. achieving this? What's yep. one thing you could do? How? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and once you start realizing that you can do those little things that you didn't think you could do, you will find a way. Ladies, how many times have you hunted for that deal on those shoes or whatever? I have, I have a story in my book that's crazy about that, but you will hunt <laughs> stuff down. You will hunt stuff down if you want those shoes or if you want that deal, you will hunt for that deal. Yep. And I think that we prioritize things that are important to us. And until you become important to you, you won't. Yeah. Well, you talked a minute ago about um, being, you know, feeling smart, right? Smarter, um, being the smartest person in the room. When I took my Royal Roads uh, Executive Coach certification, which is going back 10 years ago now, I was well aware that that was a PhD level program. It was six months long. It wasn't like go for a weekend to become a coach. It was executive coaching and it was six months of high level training, 245 plus hours. 
that's the homework. <laughs> and then when I was sitting listening to everyone as they, they did on the first morning, going around doing the introductions for the class, there was about 30 in that cohort, um, listening to, you know, oh, well, I have an MBA in this and I have a PhD in this and I'm a doctor of this and I have, you know, these, you know, de degrees in psychology. And I'm, and I'm sitting there in the audience and I'm always the last one to get introduced because my name begins with Y and it's at the end of the alphabet. And I'm sitting here shrinking, right? And thinking, oh my God, am I in the right place here? Because <laughs> I have education. I've been to, you know, Tihavekas warrior camp and I've done this and I've done that, but I didn't have that formal credential at the same level as so many of these people. Um, so I introduced myself feeling about, you know, this big. And yet within two days of being in that course, I had so many people coming up and saying, wow, your experience, your insight, your perspective, because you've got all this 20 years of experience working in human resources, supporting managers, et cetera. You've been coaching for 20 years and you didn't even realize it. You've got this natural innate ability to help people see the possibility, to see the greatness in themselves and through the power of questions that you absolutely have blown us all away. And, oh. and guess what I came out of that course with? A 4.0, <laughs> right? So when we believe that we are tiny and small, that's where we'll stay because yeah. no one else is gonna see it in us no. until we start believing it ourselves. And it only took one exercise where I was able to say, you know, can I add a perspective on that? Here's my experience. And it was like this, blossoming happened yeah yeah, yeah. powerful yeah. so, so you've powerful. mentioned three things so far um uh, and did you have a couple more things that you wanted to share um i think that that was the fourth one because i kind of included the view of you as uh, okay. one. yeah but um i did kind of want to end with uh just acknowledging that to embrace the strength embrace the strength that comes from your weaknesses we're like what? Because we only want to hide our weaknesses. I wanted to hide my weaknesses. I didn't want to tell, I didn't, I didn't even want people to see my hand. I didn't, uh, you know, I couldn't put myself out there because I felt, you know, like, you know, you're in a room with all these people. What do I have to offer? Yeah. Um, even physically, there's so many benefits to embracing your weaknesses because I, I was held back because I was trying to make myself be something I wasn't or trying to present something I wasn't. And that was making me miserable. Right. And not only is embracing your weakness free you to be you, you actually can experience some of your biggest blessings and joys as a result of embracing your weaknesses. Okay. So my, you know, I'm in this chair and I I've embraced it and it's totally fine. Um, and while I'm working out at the gym and I'm, you know, like my, my health is my lowest number. If I was going to give myself a number from one to 10, you know, other areas I've gotten really strong on, but my weakest area is my health. And I give that maybe a five, but it has the power to discourage me like nobody's business, but it also has the opportunity to bless my socks off. Like those times when I'm in the gym and I'm walking or I'm doing some other things that like, Wow, like, you know, I've reached a milestone. You know, if I had to ask Yvonne, like, you know, how many steps did you do today, Yvonne? You know, and she's like, well, I did 10,000. If I was going to compare, I did, Yvonne, I did two steps on assisted today. And I, can, 
right? And I compared myself to your 10,000 thinking, oh, no, that's not good enough. No, for me, that's my weakest. So I have the opportunity to express my biggest joys can come from these weakest areas. So when you embrace all the things that you're not, because let's be honest, look around. The world is screaming for realness. The world is screaming for authenticity. And they don't want you to actually present a person that's got it all together or that, um, you know, I don't struggle because let's be honest, everybody struggles. So let's be real. Let's, this is my weakness. (laughs) I'm going to show you mine, but I'm going to also show you that these weaknesses is not going to get this girl down. And so when we embrace who we truly are and embrace that the strength of our weakness, we will have you won't have to worry about if you have courage that is contagious because other people will want to come and get warm by the flame that burns inside you. Woo, powerful. <laughs> Woo, love that. Thank goodness we got that one recorded. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> it's so it's so true because it becomes magnetic. Yes. And it's, and it's, it's not the final version of where you are it's embracing the struggle embracing the challenge it's like I talk about the story of the uh, monarch butterfly in my book right I mean that you know that pupae in the cocoon um, struggles through a tiny little hole to get out now if you cut the cocoon to let it out thinking that you're helping because it's struggling so much it has not built up the strength in its wings which is created by squeezing and squeezing and squeezing through that tiny little hole it actually creates the fluid that will be the generator to give it the strength in its wings to be able to fly and um you know i know from watching i talked a little bit earlier on about my son um i know from watching him that his journey is contagious right Um, you know, when he turned 18, he was watching an international, um, a little telephone on TV, comes running into me, mom, mom, I need a credit card. Well, a sign of financial independence. Tell me more. What do you need a credit card for? Well, I want to buy a kid a smile, he says. What? I didn't get it. So pull me into the living room. He's watching a Operation Smile telephone where they're fixing the cleft palate and changing the lives of kids by fixing their, uh, their face. And I thought, oh, my God, that's so touching. So we applied. People in banking don't know what to do with a, someone of his ability. Um, three times, applications vanished into thin air. He didn't want my card. He wanted his own card. He gets fed up and he says, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm going to sell my artwork to raise money for Operation Smile. And that's what we did together. So he had the spark and I kept fanning those flames I got him on global tv I got him on a first round dragon's den pitch I kept fanning the flames and people will come out of the woodwork to help him you know oh sure I'll do your website for free the printer you know oh I absolutely cannot charge you for your books you know we did a book together for him um, before mine was out actually (laughs) so you know people were generally so kind because they could see that you know even though with his ability he could still make a difference. He's paid for five surgeries, five for little kids to have their faces transformed. And he's a special needs kid who has, who has medical issues. Like, come on people, 
you know right. I, i'm dying to get him when he gets well again i'm dying to get him out into schools to talk to kids 6 to 12 because i think that they would really benefit by hearing his message as well that okay. anyone can make a difference and it's his Absolutely. resilience and his beautiful golden heart which is what draws people to him like a flame as you said yeah yeah, yeah. so we've got about 5 minutes left so what haven't we talked about, Vian, that you really want the listeners to understand about this whole journey of contagious courage? Because I know we're going to make an offer for, for them to stay in touch. I mean, I'm sure that there are so many things Vian said today that you want to dig into, you want to explore, you want to understand more, you want to stay in touch. Um, is there one other wisdom nugget that you want to share? Um, oh, there's so many. Um, well, if we're going to talk about we're in we're in a group of women right yeah and, women and um, women and resilience women and courage yeah like because i know we women uh we feel alone a lot of times we feel alone in if we're wanting to pursue something we don't feel celebrated enough and it's not about me 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 but if you are a woman that feels lonely or whatever like keep reaching out to people that you know like Yvonne and myself who understands that and so where you're at right now uh, I want to be able to just encourage you to look for somebody else to celebrate because the more you celebrate somebody and see their flame it will it will do something in you and um, uh, there was uh, something that I thought about there's a quote by this uh, man he's a he was an English poet back in like 1822 or something like that it says if ever there comes a time when the women of the world come together purely and simply for the benefit of mankind it will be a force that the world has never known and so why why do we women fight against each other so much because there's this there's this thing fighting against the power that we have in unity and so reach outside yourself dig deep for the strength to be able to do that. For me, the only way I can truly be confident in myself is to hang on to my faith that tells me who I am, tells me I'm worthy, tells me I'm loved. And the more I love myself, the more I can love and celebrate others. So whatever that looks like for you, whatever you need to do to find that strength, to be able to love somebody else, right? Truly celebrate them. You will see power explode in your world when you embrace other women around you. Love that. Love that. And, you know, you have been uh, put forward as a Women of Inspiration nominee for 2021. Um, I was uh, uh, luckily the the chosen Women of Inspiration 2018 for mentorship in that category that year. Um, And it is about that's part of the reason I do this show is to help celebrate the amazing women that are out there doing mission inspired work. They're making an impact. They're stepping up courageously and making shift and making change and telling you how, how it is possible to make a difference. So with that, there are uh, a couple of gifts that we mentioned. So Van, you have a gift that you wanted to leave the audience listeners with. Where do they find that gift? Yes, actually. um, So this is my latest book, Contagious Courage, and we talked about it today. Um, you can find it in audio version, even video format for group settings. But today, if you're listening to Yvonne's, um, you know, Words, Women and Wisdom po- uh, podcast show, I would like to be able to give you an ebook version of this. So reach out to me through my website, goingfarther.org slash uh, contact. I'll have uh, the link 
Yvonne, I will give Yvonne the link yep. and you'll just click that, go there and uh, just tell me where, um, you know, you, you heard me on Yvonne's show today and I will be able to send you uh, the e-version of Contagious Courage for you to take advantage of. Excellent gift. So going farther, F-A-R-T-H-E-R.org slash contact. Slash contact. Okay. All right, goingfather.org slash contact. You can stay in touch with me in there. You can track her down on LinkedIn, um, Facebook, Twitter, all of those social media places. I really encourage you to take a look at her course that she has online as well. But start with that free gift. That'll give you a taste of her work. If you're curious about Words, Women and Wisdom, my book, you can also click to my website, words at womenandwisdom.com and there's a red button on the left you can pick up a free copy of chapter eight as an ebook version and that's actually when no words are even required how to step into your power with things like your presence your dress your decision making etc so words women and wisdom with the and in the middle words women and wisdom.com This has been a beautiful, enlightening interview. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're out of time. I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you for joining me, uh, Vianne, today. And listeners, make sure you pick up a copy of that book. Keep in touch with Vianne and myself at, um, at the show and listen along. You'll be hearing more beautiful stories coming up on the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show. Thank you so much. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and have already changed history. On October 5th, The New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be 
uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work, words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us, and when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you, a woman looking to the future ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today.